0: Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I'm Richard Bliss. You're listening to episode 139, and it's great to have you on the show. This has been a, uh, we're going to have a great episode. Yes, that was money that you heard tingling and jingling as we started off, because this is an episode we're going to talk about taxes. April 15th just passed. Everybody's thinking about it, so we're going to talk about taxes. But before we do, and before we go to my guest, I wanted to check in with one of my former guests just to see where they're, where they're at and what they're doing. And it was one of my favorite projects that I was following. I was a backer uh, because it's one of my favorite uh, games out there, the uh, Settlers of Catan, official Settlers of Catan gaming board. And so I've checked in with Bill Trammell. Bill, are you there? Yes, sir. How are you? Bill, I'm doing great. Hey, uh, your project funded in November. Let's see, if we look at the numbers... Oh, you didn't do very well at $361,000. <laughs> what a disappointment.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was pretty exciting. We, um, uh, it's been pretty yeah. challenging, but also uh, inspiring at the same time. Cause we had, um, a lot of things that we were learning and had to teach ourselves as far as the, the processes for design and mold design and, um, but it's all worked out pretty well. We, um, we've had a few delays as far as, as, uh, vendors, but, um, I think we're, we're definitely on, on our schedule. So yeah, we're just trying to keep trucking. I bet you
0: are. Uh, you ended up with 5,331 backers. That's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of game boards. And, and I think what you were telling me is that these boards aren't just a single piece, are they?
1: Yeah, exactly. So we had, um, probably about 500 of the wooden boards um, that we fulfilled. And then the rest are, are plastic boards. And um, when we were kind of putting together the numbers on it, we found that as far as our, our actual part uh, unit numbers, we're, we're actually going to be making about 20,000 plastic parts by the time we fulfill our Kickstarter, just because um, some of the packages, particularly the Seafarers and the complete Catan package have a, a fairly large number of parts in them and it's going to be a pretty good size little box that everybody's going to be getting so yeah it's pretty pretty exciting
0: well now six months ago you were uh you were just if i recall you were work i think you were working at dick's uh, sporting goods are you still working at dick's
1: you know i'm not <laughs> I actually <laughs> i actually uh could dick sporting Goods about two weeks before the project just to, just to give myself no no option for recourse other than to try to make something happen out of it and uh yeah this is it's definitely been a, a, a full-time job, um, but in, in a good way. You know, it's, it's, it's something that we're passionate about and excited about. So um, being able to just wake up and, and work on something that I actually enjoy is, is a, a, a real privilege. So.
0: so if somebody didn't back the project and I'll let you go, cause I realize I'm interrupting your day, but if somebody didn't back the project, how are they going to be able to get a copy of, uh, of the Settlers of official gaming board?
1: Yeah. So we have, um, the wooden boards up for sale, uh, right now at www.catonboards.co. Um, and we also have the, the plastic boards with a coming, coming soon. So you can see what the plastic boards look like, but they, the plastic boards actually are not for sale right now, but if you put your email in the little newsletter thing at the bottom, whenever we do launch those, we'll send a uh, one email out to everybody. It's on that list. So they know when we launch the plastic boards.
0: Well, Bill, it was exciting to have you on the show and to see the success, because I think when you were on the show, we were still early in the campaign, and to see so much uh, excitement around, uh, Settlers of Catan really is a worldwide movement, isn't it?
1: It is, yeah, and um, yeah, you know, it's just been uh, neat to see the sort of the cross-section of of people that Catan appeals to, and the sort of the sense of universality and, and community that uh, it creates. And so, yeah, it just, it's been, been real, real, real fortunate.
0: Well, thanks for taking a few minutes with us. Absolutely. You've been listening. My, th- this was just a little special call into where he, where they are now with Bill Trammell from, uh, who had been on the show before with the official Settlers of Catan gaming board. Now let's take an opportunity to go talk to our official guest, Who's going to talk to us about taxes and settle and not Settlers of Catan taxes and Kickstarter. I think you want to listen to this one. There's been a lot of uh, questions out there recently, particularly at this time of the year, uh, in April of 2013, when we're recording about tax implications. And in the past, we've talked about tax implications, but that was before we really got a handle on where this Kickstarter thing was going. You know, it was uh, over a year ago. And so what I've done is I've invited back one of my guests to talk about the tax implications of your Kickstarter project. So I'd like to welcome uh, CPA John Skeen to the show. John, welcome to the show. Thank you well, welcome back, I guess because you 've been on the show before right so john this here 's the thing we 're going to recently lots of people are asking me about this question, and that is Kickstarter projects when we talked over a year ago, we were talking the five ten thousand dollar range. These things have now started to explode where just an average person with a, a normal project is seeing thirty fifty even a hundred two hundred thousand dollars worth of uh, I'm not going to use the word income, but suddenly revenue dropping into their bank accounts. And a lot of them have started to ask me or talk about the tax implications of that. So I thought I'd have you on the show. That we can talk about that. Great. So that's the question. So what advice do you give to somebody? What are different ways? Because here, here's the problem. I get all of this money in my bank account. Do I have to declare taxes on it? And and how do I start thinking through that process? So, what would you say to that?
2: Yeah, so that is the first question, right? Is is it income to me? Is it not income to me? Um, and therefore, will I have a tax consequence or not? And um, you know, most most small businesses. So, if we're talking about those smaller um, projects, uh, and all individuals are a, are their cash basis taxpayers, and what that means is that. They recognize taxable income when they receive the cash, and they get to write off an expense when they pay for it. So why that's important is with these projects, um, you know, let's say that I had a project and it got funded for $30,000. As a cash basis taxpayer, I now have $30,000 worth of income, which is now subject to the tax system. And so that's, and that's sort of the first question. Now, not all businesses are cash basis. The other, the other side of that is there's, there's businesses that are accrual basis. Uh, an accrual basis approach, in essence, means you recognize the income when you have completed the task or provided the product that you were being paid for. So when you've earned the money, or, um, and you, uh, recognize the expense when you have incurred the debt, regardless of when cash exchanges
0: hands. Well, that's, that sounds like an easy out then. So I would change my business to an accrual basis. And that way, when the money comes in, I still like, if I have a game or a CD or a movie, I haven't yeah. made it yet. So I don't have to pay the tax until, until I actually deliver right. the game.
2: No. And, and that would work. Um, you know, cause really what you're, once you're on the accrual method, for um, tax purposes, what you're telling uh, the IRS is, is I owe, even though I've received this funding, I've received this $30,000, I owe it back
0: unless I have performed whatever it is you, I promised. To you perform. owe it back not to the IRS. You owe it back to the backers. Right.
2: Yep. So it, it isn't revenue. It's an IOU. It's somebody handed you money and you're going to hand it back to them unless you do what you said you were going to do. And that does sound like a simple solution. I um, mean, from a, a, a just the taxing perspective, yeah, it's pretty simple. Where it gets complicated is, is it's a lot more onerous on the bookkeeping end. Um, that's struggle number one is it requires a lot more record keeping. And then struggle number two is uh, the, wow, mental block.
0: That's right. I'll what edit happened
2: it. to you just happened
0: to me. I'll edit it out. Struggle number two. Okay, let me-
2: yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get to it just a second. I'll start from—I mean, I'll start right there again. Well, was it? crap
0: cool method? What what are yeah, the struggles? You you got to do all the record it, keeping. The other thing is you can't switch back and forth. Is that it?
2: Well, that is a, but that's not it. There's the record keeping piece. Oh, I know what it is. Struggle number two is that. If you have as an accrual business, if you have um, performed the service and have yet to be paid for it, which doesn't really apply as much in the crowdfunding world, but if you have performed the service and don't have the cash yet, you still owe the tax because you've, in, you've earned the revenue, so you have to pay tax on the revenue. Um, and, and so for lots of people, that sort of is all by itself, rules out the accrual process. But in the crowdfunding world, that may just not be a big deal. Because they get the cash up front. So, you know, really those those are the two big ones, but the biggest one that's going to affect the crowdfunding people is the record keeping piece of it.
0: And also so, from what you're saying then is if I'm an individual, can I can I do a accrual basis as an ind- I can't. No. Nope. So I'd have to incorporate. No. Yeah, you have to be a
2: business entity like a corporation, partnership, LLC taxed like a partnership or corporation. Yeah.
0: All right. So it sounds like even though it might solve a problem, it creates a, <laughs> it creates a bigger problem unless you are an established business and you're already in this accrual-based uh, recognizing revenue.
2: Yeah, it's, and it's a challenge unless you're a bookkeeper, right? Unless your second job is you're a bookkeeper and accountant
0: because it does put a lot more um, stress on that part of the business. Okay. So let's switch now to – okay, so I'm cash basis. Uh, we're not going to fix that. We're not going to go to accrual. So now, what advice do you give to sure. – wh- wh- what do you do? Because I got this money in November, and suddenly I have $30,000, and come April, I owe taxes on 30- – thirty. and by the way, how much taxes am I going to owe on that
2: $30,000? If you received the money in, in the end of, of 2012 and you had not spent any of that money, the it depends on where you live but if you know kind of an average American is in the fifteen percent tax bracket they owe Social Security and Medicare on that the self-employment taxes that's roughly another fifteen percent and then depending on what state you live in uh, that can be you know anywhere from five to another ten percent but for our little example a safe rule of thumb would be a third so your thousand dollars worth of funding suddenly you're writing a check in the spring to the IRS for 10. So now all of a sudden your project's short
0: $10,000. I'm pro so they're really, go ahead. Well, okay. Cause you said if I hadn't spent it, but let's, su- <laughs> let's suppose I have spent it. Let's suppose over those right. last four months since, let's say since January, I have spent it.
2: Right. Now you really have a problem. So you earned, you know, I'm sorry, you brought in the funding in 2012 in January and February of 2013, you you know, you're you're paying expenses related to this project and you've spent the money. Well, March rolls around and April rolls around and you do your taxes. All of the revenue, because the cash was handed to you in 2012, all of that's recognized last year. All the expenses, because that's when the cash went out of your hand, or recognize this year, which says that tax return for the previous year is going to show you owe $10,000, even though you spent all of the money already. So, yeah, then you have a problem with the IRS. Ooh. So there's, there's, really two, there's really two potential solutions um, that I think will simplify it some. So solution number one is um, uh, have your uh, crowdfunding project happen earlier in the year, not have it um, pay out in December. Uh, or November, make sure that it's early enough in the year that you've sort of planned out, the funding comes in, you know, this and such and such month, and here's the upcoming costs, and I can see that I'm going to spend all of that funding. That's one easy solution. Because then by the end of the year, your project for tax purposes has zero income, zero net income. Got it. The other solution is uh, if for the purposes of your, you know, your business, it really needs to be funded, you know, you have some brilliant idea, and you want to get it out there before someone else does and so it's November and you're going to do it anyway um, if you have what you want to be able to plan for is the ability to borrow that tax money so in, let me kind of lay out how that would work for me and that is is that I have this $30,000 no expenses just funding so I'm going to owe 10 spring comes along and um, I'm giving Uncle Sam $10,000 and now I'm down to 20 but I really needed 30 to complete my project. So I borrowed 10 from somewhere else and I have enough to complete my project. Now at the end of year two, you will have all expenses and no revenue. And so the the business that was all profit in year one is now all loss in year two. And there is um, the ability from a tax standpoint to roll that loss back to the previous year and recoup last year's taxes. So if you could borrow the taxes, in the spring, a year later, you would get that money back from the IRS to pay off um, the. And keep, keep in mind, I've way oversimplified that, but you know, but that's the essence of how it would work.
0: Okay, and that but brings if up you have the ability to borrow ten.
2: Right, the ability to borrow ten thousand dollars, you might not be have have been going the crowdfunding route in the first place.
0: Right. So it, yes, but it is one way. And I just realized there might be another way. And that is if you realize your project's going to, if you're going to fund your project in November, December, let's say the last quarter of the year, uh, if you see that coming, what you could do then is start to find ways to incur as many what you're saying, as many expenses in essence, borrow some of the money from yourself earlier in the process.
2: Sure. Right. So absolutely
0: pay my artists, pay my designers, pay, can you prepay manufacturing? Oh, I know I'm going to have – so I'm going to pay the manufacturing bill. It's a $5,000 manufacturing bill. I'm going to pay it in July even though they're not going to do the work until March. Can you do that? Yeah,
2: you're going to have a little, you're going to have a little more trouble with that. There is um, sort of a level of materiality when it comes to prepaying expenses – And the general rule of thumb is 60 days worth of upcoming expenses.
0: Oh, so I could could do it in November if it was in January. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Yeah. So I could – so these are things that now people really need to be thinking about if you're going to launch a campaign. And I think the easiest one – well, not necessarily the easiest, but the most straightforward one is, look, fund as early as possible so now you have the money to go spend it so that when the – the right. midnight chimes on December 31st, you've spent all the money so that now right. you can go and say, I don't have any taxes. Yeah. That's the E mind
2: when we say spend it, it needs to be spent on, um, right. Deductible events related to that business. So there are some things that aren't hundred percent deductible meals and entertainment, even if it's required in the business that you're in, if you had to go and entertain some, you know, designers or whatever it is, that's only 50% deductible. So there are some, when I said I oversimplified it, I really did. So, I mean, people will want to talk to their accountants, but the principles that we're discussing are certainly 100% true.
0: Try to incur the expenses in the same calendar or fiscal year, but most people it's going to be the same calendar year as the income. Try to yep. Try to fund your project earlier in the year so that you have the cash to be able to incur those expenses. And then if you find yourself in a bind, realize that you will be able to get those taxes back the following year, because you will have losses that will then you 'll be able to go back to the IRS and say, "Oh, I need that money back right yep okay, John, I appreciate at this t- time of the year. I know you 're very busy. I appreciate you taking a few minutes coming on the show and kind of dumbing this down for me and making this simplified so that we c- so I think we take away some good advice Thank you very much oh, i'm glad to do it okay, you 've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. My guest has been John. Skeen, a CPA, who has talked to us some basic, simple principles to start thinking about when you're raising money from a tax implication standpoint. We want to say thank you to him. Hopefully you've heard something, normally I say inspired, in this case terrified, that's going to cause you to go talk to your accountant immediately to make sure that you don't find yourself in a big bind come April 15th. Thanks for listening. Take care.